friends of mine are in medicine and and in psychotherapy, and we get in these conversations a lot because they talk about what happens to them in dance class when they're moving in rooms that I'm in with them or leading them. Either way, they'll ask, you know, Kristen, do you think that mental health or there can be a feeling of community or connection without a movement piece? And emphatically, without a shadow of a doubt, no, my opinion, no. No. We must move somehow. And if even if we aren't able to have full capacity of our movement, we can shake our hands. We can move our shoulders around or our back if that's available for us, our toes, move the head side to side, something where you're consciously putting your body in motion. Movement is as essential as water right now for humanity. Welcome to This Thing Called Movement, brought to you by Ivolna, hosted by Marie Janicek. everyone, and welcome to the 49th episode of the This Thing Called Movement podcast, a special space where we explore the medium of movement in all of its shapes and forms. And we really explore these nuanced details of how movement influences us beyond just our physical bodies, but in our emotional intelligence, in our mental health, and all the different facets of our everyday lives. Now, today's episode features a guest that is very near and dear to my heart, Kristen Sudeikis. Kristen is a choreographer, an artistic director, a dancer, a lover of movement, and also the CEO and creator of Forward Space. Forward Space is a beautiful dance, wellness, music, sweat hub based in New York City, but it sounds like they're going to be expanding soon, so keep your eyes out for that. And She has been such an incredible inspiration to me for so many different reasons. One of the ways that Kristen and I really deeply connect on is this idea of the magic of movement and specifically the healing capacity of dance. And we both feel very strongly about democratizing dance, making it more accessible to people, and pulling down some of the limitations that prevent people from engaging in the medium. And I think one of the most beautiful pieces around forward space, this business she has constructed, is this idea that she is presenting dance and making it accessible to people who used to dance, people who still dance, and people who want to dance. It's incredibly inclusive, it's a really fun party vibe, and in that atmosphere you get the relief, the catharsis, the release, and the upswing of inspiration, joy, and euphoria. And every time I've gone to Forward Space, I've found healing, and the same can be said for every conversation I've had with Kristen. So it's such a tremendous joy and pleasure to bring her on here. And in addition to her entrepreneurial pursuits, you may have actually seen some of her work through some of the artists she's been able to collaborate with. A list including, but not limited to, Mumford & Sons, Ben Harper, Ivy Park, Nike, the Brooklyn Museum, and even the Obama White House. Wow, imagine what that was like. 
a few themes that we dug into this episode that felt really important and resonant for me was number one, this idea of energetic health. And what I love about this phrase that Kristen brought up here is that for me, it feels like it really encompasses the interconnected weave of how emotional, physical, and mental health are all deeply connected. And energetic health is such a simplistic way of understanding that, like Newton's principles, energy is never created or destroyed. It simply shifts forms. And when we understand that in relationship to our bodies, we have a much better ability to actually meet our needs when they arise. Another point in this podcast was talking about the importance of stillness. Not just this general idea of taking time to be still, but making a distinct differentiation between the choice of stillness versus allowing stillness as an afterthought. And how when we allow pockets of stillness in our lives, we are allowing the space to hear the call of our heart, to hear the call of our intuition, and to actually be able to move in service of our deepest desires. Yes, move physically, but also move in terms of all those energetics I was just discussing. And finally, another piece of this episode that I found to be really special was hearing Kristen's personal journey as an artist and as an entrepreneur. And I especially loved hearing the details of how she's been able to build a business and manifest a vision by really following her heart and really listening to her gut instincts and really employing trust throughout the process. Now, I hope you all find this episode to be as enriching and nourishing and inspiring as I did. So without further ado, I'm going to let this conversation speak for itself. Go ahead and relax, sit back, tune in, and enjoy. Kristen, it is such a pleasure and such an enormous delight to have you on here with us today. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I would love to hear more about your personal movement journey. Where did it begin? How did it lead you into founding Forward Space and all of your work today? All right. Diving right in there. Um, The big one. (laughs) <laughs> Where did my movement journey begin? Um, this makes me think, oh gosh, okay, let's, let's, here we are. Um, where did my movement journey begin? I mean, that makes me go all the way back. Like, we're going to go Probably deep. to your childhood. Well, right? even before, I think it goes back before I, um, here we go. As far as the deep end, we're going to, I live over there in the deep end, grab a floaty, grab a, a, you know, maybe a a unicorn shaped one, or maybe it's just a tube. I don't know, but here we go. Um, Just as I attuned to that exact question, where did my movement journey begin? Um, It makes me think of the heartbeat. Mm. It takes me right there. So I think it began there when my heart began to beat or whatever that, allows it to be beating began Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then in my system also it resonates that it was beating long before that but as far as I came into the uh the human form (laughs) uh or at least the heartbeat 
uh, I think it, it began there. And then as far as dance class, though, <laughs> mm. um, I am told, I don't remember, but I'm told uh, at a lot of energy as a little one, which is makes perfect sense because it still tracks today um, and started. I was put in dance class when I was three, three years old. Mm. And I uh, was very lucky to be walked into the doors of Miller Marley Schools of Dance. It's in um, mm. Overland Park, Kansas. That's where I'm from. Mm -hmm. I was born and raised, and um, the creator of that space that's been around for 50-some years now, her name is Shirley Marley. Mm. She's in her 80s. I always say she's a living legend, and she tells mm -hmm. me, you have the living part right. Yeah. <laughs> very humble, very, very brilliant human that I was lucky that I was walked into those doors, and that's who was fostering um, a deep deep desire and need to move, express, dance, create, and even teach. She's who invited me to first start teaching when I was 13. So mm -hmm. my movement journey <laughs> began. Yeah. So it began in the dance studio with this, what sounds like an amazing role model, mentor, guide. Mm -hmm. And um, as, as you sort of fell in love with dance from an early age, mm -hmm. how did it guide you into your work as a choreographer, your work as an educator and the founder of Forward Space. Um, yeah, I have often thought and felt and spoken about this idea, and let me know if it resonates with you at all, Marie, um, but that it's not so much that I called dance, but rather dance called me. Mm. And so it really has been this force outside of me and also within me that has made perfect uh, brilliant and almost confusing sense uh, to me since my first moments of cognition, meaning I just always wanted to dance and was always been choreographing for, you know, siblings, friends, recess, neighbors, cousins, I mean, you name it, um, mm -hmm. older, younger, all over the, all over the map. I just did notice what movement did um, in a space, but I didn't have the words to express that, but I just loved having these moments and allowing these spaces where people were just expressing and, and playing and, and um, I don't know, it just, it, I remember being very small and watching the older dancers too. And also right. thinking like, I didn't want to be little, <laughs> I'm very ready to be older and still feel that way, actually, like very ready to be like 74 and 77 and 88. And I don't know why, but um, I, yeah, I was really ready to be older and to be doing more and to, I was very keenly listening to my teachers and noticing what resonated and also was a great study in what I, what didn't resonate. Um, and not just, I don't mean just dance teachers, I mean anyone around me um, in any spaces. Um, mm. Sort of like gently always questioning uh, whether I believed it to be true, what they were saying or thinking or teaching me. Um, and then would get to move that and choreograph that. But I mean, been choreographing since. You can remember. Oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> Five, six. Um, but then professionally started to get, you know, hired for it when I was 13, which was, mm. was a grace and lucky. A mom wanted me to start teaching her daughter private lessons. And so that then my name got passed to this and this and this and this, and it kept just kind of rippling out like that. And that's mm. still the trajectory of how I have, um, you know, served with my, with my dance that has been this thing 
that have been gifted with that is bigger than my understanding. Like I said, I really have such a uh, reverence and a bow to it mm. and a passion well, and a drive. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like you have, I mean, we all have a unique relationship to our bodies yes. to move to any medium we engage with, but yes. Every detail you've used to describe your relationship with dance makes that so clear. Mm -hmm. um, even your distinction of like, I didn't feel calling towards dance. It's sort of been calling me and yeah. there's no other way around it. And I just was wanted to take a moment to pause and really ruminate on that especially for listeners like this idea of instead of mm -hmm. pushing ourselves towards something can we give ourselves that space to maybe slow down be a little quieter and listen and perhaps notice some of those details of what's calling us i think this is such an important thing when it comes to connecting with our bodies and for me as a former professional dancer and fitness professional that's probably been my biggest gripe with both industries and the large sort of zeitgeist that pushes us is this idea of, you know, push and like put yourself out there and hustle and grind versus prioritizing what I consider to be a really magical space of, of that quiet and really listening to the distinction of what's calling me, whether it's you feel your heart leading you somewhere like you mentioned, that heartbeat being oh. really the beginning of your movement journey, yeah. or you feel something calling to you. And if you don't take that time to quiet down and really listen mm -hmm. and be with yourself and register those signals, you miss out on this tremendously beautiful, expansive opportunity to connect with yourself, to mm -hmm. connect relate to your life experience in a really transcendental, magical, and fun and exploratory way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so inspired even hearing how you talk about this, because it's so clear that you had this connection and, and you registered it and understood it and, and allowed it to be your beacon and, and made it the priority. And as a result, all these circumstances in your life have just continued to shift in service of that as a result. Yes, <laughs> well said. Um, just the articulation of all that I'm, I'm, yes, expressing. Thank you for, yeah, the pause there too. And, and just the, you know, I talk about this a lot in rehearsals with my dance company or in dance class, but this idea of stillness when it's a choice as opposed to an afterthought. So mm. if we're doing this in an improv, let's say an improv task, and um, if I choose to be still, Right. I'm not just, oh, I don't know what to do. So I guess I'll just wait here. And there's a there's a one can miss out on such a potent moment if I choose then to be still and I'll wait until something moves me again. And until then, I'll stay in my stillness as a choice, mm -hmm. not an afterthought, because um, there's such such power in that in the pause and in the the allowing and the allowing, giving space to allow it. Um, but I. I, yeah, I also, you know, dance is such an individual experience too, right? It's a collective and everything dances. I mean, we can go back to the heartbeat, uh, which will dance even in our stillness and we'll dance until it doesn't beat in my chest anymore, but then I'll vibrate in a different frequency, but I'll continue to move. So this idea that everything dances, mm. um, I dance with my choices, I dance with my perceived failures, I dance with my conversation with you right now. As, and that 
is me being fully present with you and only you and being and there's something really powerful mystical and very practical about that too practical yeah. i kind of think of the word practice it's a practice and being in this practice of being fully in presence with you and what you're saying and but also then zooming out for a moment noticing what's around me and uh yeah this dance that's happening around me with you and then within me and so yeah. with that the clarity of how this idea of dance how personal it is too and i'll say this to dancers young dancers older dancers does again it doesn't matter it's uh, intergenerational but that that no one can take dance from you and yeah. i I have definitely been in spaces where people have gone through a healing process that they've reflected back to me of things that have happened to them via the uh, dance spaces they've been in. And uh, I also will simultaneously be in a room where people have never had an opening and of an experience of dance like they're having at that time. So it's interesting. One thing's happening in a room of 90 minutes. And then and then other people will, again, just in the reflection back after they've, we've had a session together, it's just amazing the vast individuality of people's experiences. And I hold space for it as it should be, as it should be. Mm. Why, on, why would it be the same for any one person when we're all coming into a room and into a space with so many, an, a myriad of experiences? And I think to bring it all in, don't leave it at the door. You know how teachers would say, leave it at the door. I'd always yeah. gently inside myself and be like, think, you know, I just gently push back in my own heart. I'm like, dad, I don't think so. <laughs> like, why this into Like, why mm. not invite yourself to integrate all as you move in your body instead of teaching us how to disassociate? So I love that. I'm, I'm like listening to that <laughs> and really receiving it. Because yes, so often, um, whether it's a dance space or most movement spaces, people tell you to leave your problems at the door. But I love what you said about let's use this as an opportunity totally. to integrate. Totally. So your problems aren't coming from a vacuum. And like the reason they feel like problems and they're creating stress or strife is because these things matter. Mm -hmm. And movement mm -hmm. is such a powerful opportunity for mm -hmm. us to be with that and to understand the multi-layered complexity and dimensionality of what is going on in the contrast of anything we are experiencing in our lives. And this is why I, as a young dancer, loved dance so much because I could innately feel the integration that this medium allowed for. Mm -hmm. And it was why despite a lot of the psychological trauma I endured in my dance experience throughout my teens and especially into my 20s uh, I still came back like it never left me because the purity of the dance experience itself was just so powerful and offered me so much that one, once you've tapped into that resource and you understand how to relate to it on your terms and you really develop that powerful mm -hmm. relationship with it there is there is no letting that go no and and i love that you make that distinction of we're not leaving our problems at the door you get no. to bring all of yourself in and mm -hmm. you get to be with all of it mm -hmm. and and hold space for it and integrate it yeah you know the the exciting things the challenging things the heartbreaking things devastating tragic and dreamy things magical things mystical things bring them all in put your feet either whether we start laying on the floor or ground our the soles literally the soles of our feet on the floor acknowledging all that and then begin and let mm -hmm. let the dance do its thing let it do mm -hmm. its thing with you for you 
Um, yeah, and my my connection, we'll call it my my uh, obvious passion for dance. It has really is a fire beyond my beyond my understanding. That was insatiable, unstoppable. Still is. I can feel it behind me, in me, around me. I I like think of the lineage behind me too of different movers and creators um, that I feel within me and storytellers. I think that's a big part. I don't think I know that's a massive, massive devotion of mine. And I think that's what led me in a lot of ways to um, board space in this, I, a few, a few factors, um, mainly number one, that it was a call. Yeah. Oh my God. Like would not let go. I, I, you know, I was also working with my dance company. We're preparing to go on tour. It was going to be produced. I had worked on, you know, how funding would happen. It would be spoken word and, um, live music and all the things were we'd just been produced at BAM, all these things. And simultaneously I was creating these dance experiences for all sorts of big name brands. And then also mm-hmm. doing them like at underground spaces, um, in Brooklyn and downtown in the city, just where people would come and for an hour or longer, um, just drop into their bodies in the dark and have, and this hybrid or this fusion of all the types of movements that I have done or known or um, experienced, ones that are poetic, ones that are athletic, ones that are meditative, ones that are static, ones that are just a good damn time, you know, just all of it swirled into one moment where you can also maximize someone's time. They can come in, come out and walk out with the euphoric feeling that dance can give. the way it would when people would go to Studio 54, so I've heard, you know, or read about or feel like I know in my heart, or even ancient, 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 all the way back, circling together to grieve or to play or to pray as as we dance, like around a fire, that resonates with me. And then thinking to the future, what can we do to connect people in real time to their body, to someone around them, and to the greater world around us? Clearly, Mm -hmm. we need it. Clearly, isolation has been a thing, and then it was I don't like to say mandated, but rather we are invited to be more with ourselves. Um, yeah, so taking a, a breath with all that forward space to me, in many ways, it's the intersection of dance music and, and fashion. Mm. Fashion is, you know, the way artists and athletes have always moved fashion literally by just when they put it on their bodies it becomes a different expression because of the way a dancer or an athlete is in their bodies you know the mm. presence that they carry just when they're still it's it's they're trained we are trained in our physical vessel in such a clear way um, mm. and i'll say poetic again because it's it's just it is poetic to poetic to me to have such a conversation between mind and body so often um you know, deciding you're going to keep going, right? As a, as a dancer, all the different moments that tell us to stop yeah. uh, and that decision to keep going. So the storytelling aspect is creating a space in which people can move and dance their own story. Mm. Yeah, that's such a powerful call. And I, I know that in a lot of your um, sort of dialogue around forward space, you would, 
talk about it as a space to invite people mm-hmm. to come in and dance, whatever their background, whatever exactly. their history, whatever their relationship with dance, whether you've never danced and always wanted to, been afraid to dance and didn't know where to start, right, or right. you have danced and you fell out of step with it, or you are dancing, right? Yes. It's yes. such a pure invitation, like, come one, come all. Like we know, we know the power of this medium. You've either felt the call mm-hmm. or it's been calling to you. It's mm-hmm. time to come together, to celebrate, to mm-hmm. congregate and to move and let mm-hmm. it move through us. Right. And to connect, connect really it's connect. Like it's the healing power of it all. And it's the connecting power connection to yourself. Mm-hmm. instead of disassociating with myself, right. Through phone, through other people, through all the things connecting to myself, Mm -hmm. connecting to the other right next to me, whether I know them or not, and then connecting to the greater world around me. Mm. Like exactly that. And yes, forward space for those who used to dance, you know, right, or love to dance or want to dance. Used to, love Mm -hmm. to, want to, meaning Mm. past, present, future. You used to, what about, because I had thought about, and so many dancers I taught all through America and also in Europe, that used to dance and it was their way of even processing information in their life. And then to such a large degree, and then at 18, it just stops or at 22, possibly after college. Um, And then nothing. And then the stagnation that would happen and the mental health epidemic that is, you know, that really, really is. And so much as that is coming, so much of that is coming up out of our bodies and just in the analytical and in the mind and in the anxiety that that's just, the busyness of all of this going on up there. So if we can just, so then I ask, what can I do to drop people back down and in um, to their systems, to their heartbeat, to the soles of their feet, to their hips, even to the, the pelvic floor, to the thighs, to the knees, like all the celebration of the spine and the vertebrae and the cells, the cellular remembrance. Um, mm. What And I also, it was, I had, we had just had a performance at BAM and I remember seeing, I ran out as the choreographer real quick to take the, you know, during the curtain call, ran out and noticed that the audience, as I thought, oh, they want to feel like the dancers feel. I saw mm-hmm. this like, you know, this glow and it was just incredible to see their, their faces. This was at BAM Fisher um, in May of 2017. And mm-hmm. it was a uh, Saturday night, <laughs> a Saturday night. And um, yeah, as I looked at everyone, I thought they want to dance too. And so what can I do then to bring this feeling to more people? And also having done it for these other large brands, noticing the demand was higher and higher. People asking me, Kristen, where can I just go and just dance, you know? And we're, but also I think it's important that there's a, a structure to it, right? To me, yeah. for the, 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 the ultimate experience. And this is analogous to life, structure and freedom. And that's mm-hmm. one of the tenets of the space, of Ford space. There's four, presence, connection, structure, and freedom, and warmth. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that structure and freedom, you know, it's, again, analogous life in that um, there's seven days a week in every week. And then yeah. you'll choose or I'll choose how I'll fill up those days. That's my freedom. That's your freedom. Mm-hmm. But the structure is already set. So if it's all mm-hmm. freedom, it doesn't have the anchor, I've noticed. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's all structure, I mean, I'll just pivot out of there. That's not for me. <laughs> it's not for yeah. anybody, but it's certainly not for the artists of the world. Absolutely not. Well, I mean, it's it's sort of the <laughs> nature 
of our world and yeah. it's the nature of life, duality, the yin, the yang, the mm -hmm. opposition, the dance of opposition. Earlier when you were talking about the power of stillness, and that was a tremendous lesson for me as a uh, movement enthusiast and, you know, just like rabid obsession with always being in motion because of mm -hmm. how much I loved it. Mm -hmm. But creating a meditation practice, you know, stepping into that was so scary for me because for so long I'd actually been avoiding like a profound mm -hmm. level of stillness. Mm -hmm. And once I cultivated that, I had such a greater appreciation for movement and mm -hmm. could really understand how these two pieces shaped each other and was mm -hmm. going so much deeper and so much farther on either end of the spectrum as a result. And I think your comment about structure and freedom are so mm -hmm. important. And, you know, this is one of my big tenants I'm trying to really speak to in the movement space, specifically for the general population, is communicate the importance of freeform movement. Yep. Uh, and because exactly. I think we're so often, especially for people who never have dipped their toes in dance, despite the desire and despite the draw because of the fear, they just never touch base with that and mm -hmm. if you never encounter that mm -hmm. you're missing a huge you're missing a whole half of the equation and really missing out on so many opportunities even within structured forms so yes like finding a way to invite freedom within the safety and security of structure so that people can start to learn how to negotiate both sides and enrich mm -hmm. both aspects and elements of their being which is just inherently how we find balance and, and being able to orchestrate that in a way that feels really symphonic, really harmonious and, and really delightful in the process. Oh, cue the music. We should just dance right now. Exactly. <laughs> or I think of like the structure is like, as we're sitting, you know, I see in the background here, it's like all these bookshelves, like that's the structure, the mm -hmm. shelves, but the freedom is the books I'll put up right mm. all the all mm -hmm. these different things or you know i'm in someone else's space actually right now so they're not my books but i'm very lucky to to have these this energy behind me but to witness um, that i yeah the freedom space the free form improv i just love that that invitation to the free form and how essential it is and this and this is because it invites people to speak their own voice this is why i have people mm. if i'll say you know i i want the whole room make sure you get used to hearing your own voice in a space like this and not just listening to someone else's right mm -hmm. like that that moment where we're invited to free form is the moment where we're able to speak our own thoughts our own opinions our own feelings it's it's us and and, and that's why it can feel so scary because it feels you know naked or vulnerable it's like oh i'm not regurgitating someone's words right now said you know meaning choreography meaning steps i've been given words i've been given to say back and know that you'll like you know you as in the general you and you won't judge me and even if you did i wouldn't take it personally because it's really someone else's words i still haven't shown yeah. you my own words i haven't even shown myself my own words and yeah and dance this is why i also get again very passionate about it is nonverbal communication what a gift what a grace what a life-saving for me life-saving experience that i was being able to express and metabolize and and move through so many let's say emotions questions critical environments highly highly critical environments um navigating very you know as many people have very I'll lightly say challenging situations but without and, and it happens more in the nonverbal anyway even the healing 
more and more people are learning this by talk therapy. I mean, this is my also my opinion. I am not a doctor. I'm a dancer. <laughs> a dancer, dancer, cue Cassie and a course line. Um, mm-hmm. But no, friends of mine are in medicine and, and in psychotherapy, and we get in these conversations a lot because they talk about what happens to them in dance class when they're moving in rooms um, that I'm in with them or leading them either way. You know, they'll ask, you know, Kristen, do you think that mental health or there can be a feeling of community or connection without a movement piece? And emphatically, without a shadow of a doubt, my opinion, no. Mm. No. We must move somehow. And if even if we aren't able to have full capacity of our movement, we can shake our hands. We can move our shoulders around or our back if that's available for us. Our toes, move the head side to side. Something where you're consciously putting your body in motion. And the, the thing with the structure first is being led at first, I do think calms the nervous system and you can just arrive in a space as opposed to free form right away. I have mm-hmm. noticed the method and the formula of guiding, really let it, allowing people to arrive and mm-hmm. let it be repetitive. And this is professional dancers or someone who's never moved in their lives, which I moved with today. <laughs> someone who never mm-hmm. And, um, or even if let's say I'm at a wedding and people, you know, people like Kristen do something that'll have, you know, I don't know the thing I'll that exactly where I'm like, Oh dear. Um, I mean, if you're in the vibe for it, it's fun, but if you want to just sit back, it's a different feeling. But uh, anyway, uh, what, what those movements can be. And then the satisfaction you see in people's eyes, you see them light up and because they're, they're in communication with you, they're noticed their brain, we're doing the same movement. So the brain, it's mirrored neurons. They're acknowledging they're not alone. We're not saying mm-hmm. it. It's the same that happens when you wave and someone waves back to you. There's a recognition and an acknowledgement of your existence. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. deep and essential and not could be happening lots, lots, lots more. Again, cue forward space. Like these spaces, a space where it, they could be, you know, we have our first one at 24 Spring Street in mm-hmm. uh, Soho in New York. And then there'll be another one in New York and then, LA's queued up and then Austin, Chicago, and hopefully Denver soon. And, yeah. you know, I, I think too, a big part of it for me is also giving, um, opening up spaces that allow the dancers, um, to be taken care of as the leaders that they are with health insurance, full health insurance, um, and just held and taken care of in a way that they are honored um, for all that they've already dedicated to their lives and to their bodies and to their practice and to their academic um, mm. strivings that they then inherently know in their body. So when they're leading, it's, it's you're just taken by mm-hmm. it when the dancer's leading. So that's something we're working on that, the, that even part-time employees would be able to have health insurance. That's incredible. I mean, personally for me, that was my biggest gripe uh, getting into like the concert dance space in yep. New York City was the devaluation of dance, mm-hmm. uh, not externally, mostly internally within the circles. Mm-hmm. And the deeper I went into like really understanding what was happening, like from from the point of auditioning and making it right which is the ideal and only happens to a small percentage especially as a woman in the dance space and then talking to these um humans who'd made it by my 
estimations and recognizing the severe challenges they were still having to go through in terms of income, in terms of health insurance, all of that. And that everybody just seemed to be okay with it. And I, I for one, was like, I think dance is valuable. I think as a community, dancers have to recognize that value and stand up for it and like not be willing to say yes to things that diminish that in any way. Mm -hmm. And it was part of my choice to exit um, the professional career track that I had always thought I would follow was mainly for that reason. So Mm -hmm. it is so wonderful um, and exciting to hear like that you are speaking to some of these issues within the dance community because I always tell people this um, when we're talking about looking at health from a holistic perspective, not even just psychological, but even ingenuity and intellect and, mm-hmm. and genius. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so much of this is developed from our relationship with our body. And it's been one of my um, greatest heartbreaks is sort of witnessing how as a society, the more technologically advanced we've become, the more disassociated we've become from our bodies. And then to see in the general population, especially that disassociation that happens, which as we touched on earlier, is then reestablished by a lot of fitness norms. And then it, it coalesces to the space where I think while Everybody has a connection to dance inherently. And you said this earlier, everything is dancing. Dance is life. Many people will be so quick to categorize themselves as I'm not a dancer or I can't dance. And it's something that's just woven into the DNA of who we are. And for some reason, like with this disassociation from our bodies and the prioritization of intellect, we're so quick to knock ourselves down out of and out of this um, innate self-expression that is woven into who we are, that is such an innate part of us that that we crave, that is so powerful when we foster it, and and is also one of the greatest tools and resources we have to create integration, to find inspiration, to get Mm -hmm. ideas, to get downloads, to, to be able to really excel in anything we do. And so it it is, I, this has been a big question for me is figuring out how to bring dances back, dance Mm -hmm. back to the masses. Mm -hmm. Um, And also personally, like wanting to find a way to share it without bringing up some of the, I guess, the the bounded constraints mm-hmm. that a lot of people can feel when they use the word dance, which mm-hmm. is why I personally tend to go in the direction of movement. I know mm-hmm. it's more ambiguous, mm-hmm. but my hope there is I'm speaking to the people that like maybe when they hear dance, they get intimidated and yeah. movement might feel a little softer to them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Sometimes, yeah, dance can make people close in, right? Contract. Whereas if you say movement, it's like the heart opens a little, a little bit. Like, yeah, okay, like, I could get oh, down. Well, get what down is this? I don't know what that is yet. Yeah, Tell me more. exciting. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And I love that. And I, yeah, and the amount of people too, who do have the things that they have around dance. And, and this is, again, for used to love to or just want to, because I think of people who, you know, dance is just such a social language too. It's a way in which we communicate, you know, proms, again, I could say weddings or anniversaries or going out or 
also this just way of connecting to the vessel, to the system, to this this thing we're in for the time while we're here. And speaking of the intelligence or the you know the intellect, also the body's intelligence is where I go, or emotional intelligence, which is where we're headed. And and have been and need to even more. And if you break down the word emotion, it's energy and motion. So my emotional intelligence, how on earth am I going to connect to the vast experience and genius that is in the emotional intelligence without moving my body around? And you put it to some great music. It's like, forget about it. You're going to have a great time. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's, I, I do think like that intersection though of like the serious and the play all in one swirl is powerful. I think um, un sort of I try to take the tension or like unplug sort of the pressurized tension that can happen in a space in a room for people. Um, I t less talk more action. That's a big mm -hmm. mantra of how I also even how I am just in anything, you know, I don't talk too often talk about things. I just kind of, I keep my head down and keep doing and creating and being about it. Not so much talking about it, but also understand and acknowledge the value in the words and verbalizing, um, how what is happening what people are feeling you know if i can put some words to what i notice um and yeah people disassociating from their body so it just made it just always made me question what can i do mm -hmm. how can i best what can so, okay so what can i do i know this thing that's available to us on the planet that can that is so healing um for individuals and collectives so what can i do to you know almost yeah i think of making the profound practical how can i pull it down and allow it to be available through a class a performance a conversation um just my my a presence um mm -hmm. i know many people have done it for me and so it's uh but i also think it's as movement is as essential as water right now for humanity really yeah. really like it we have got to like nourish and water our systems, our nervous systems, our hearts, our lungs, our shoulders with movement of some kind. Mm -hmm. Moving, you know, when you've been in class with me, if we've done that movement where you move stuff out of the way, right hand or left hand, I don't know if you've, you've done yeah. that one, or, you know, conjuring up the energy between the hands, the lower stomach, and then, sh and then shaking that out, or it, it's, it's interesting because I'll walk into a room and have a plan. This is the structure and freedom, freedom same as choreography have a plan, mm -hmm. but then just really stay attuned for what's needed in the moment. And what's the conversation mm -hmm. happening in the present moment with the people who have decided to congregate at this time. Mm -hmm. And I, I really mm -hmm. await for the nonverbal cue, a feeling, it's a feeling, it's an energy, it's an, and then I move with that. So I think that people can cut themselves off from the possibility of what can happen in front of them if they're so yeah linear stuff to a plan. This is all an August to life. I'm stuck. Yeah. I'm also like thinking, and this is kind of connecting for yeah. me in a new way right okay. now, but um, talking about mental health, yeah. um, physical health, and specifically emotional health. Yep. And, you know, I've noticed so clearly how emotional health is much more tied to our body mm -hmm. than most people realize. Mm -hmm. And this is some of the like shortcomings of talk therapy as somebody who had an incredible talk therapy experience with like an incredible professional for very in-depth sessions for a long period of time mm -hmm. i will say that you know there there's something so powerful about 
giving yourself space to process and understand emotions through the body because there's a clear connection between sensation mm -hmm. and emotion. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a strong relationship to really understanding and excavating the sensations of your body, there's a direct correlation with having a diminished understanding of un what's going on emotionally when those like rises and falls are happening within you across yeah. the spectrum. Yeah. And, and I think like there, there's now a whole new branch of science that mm -hmm. is really exciting interoception where we're really starting to understand like, oh yeah, these things are so intimately woven together. And it's such a powerful part of self-awareness and health and being able to take care of yourself. And it's very interesting because I think of any medium of movement, dance is probably the only one that fully brings emotions to the table. And this is also probably the exact reason why it is so, it can be such a contrasting and sort of um, divisive uh, word for people in the sense of some people here and they're like, yes, I'm ready to go. And other people here and it's like, absolutely no, not. Yeah. I don't want to go anywhere near that. Yeah. And I, I, I say this because I, I think it's important for each of us to sort of register what is our visceral response to that mm -hmm. be, because it's an indication of how willing we are to really step into an authentic, a deep, and an intimate connection with ourselves and knowing mm -hmm. ourselves. And there is no judgment for wherever anyone might be in their right. path, in the journey, on that spectrum, but to at least have a recognition of it, of like, right now I'm ready to go in and I, and I mm -hmm. want to dance because part of me wants to connect. And mm -hmm. if I'm not dancing, what am I doing to hold myself apart from that? Why am I avoiding that? Or having the response of that feels terrifying. I absolutely do not want to go near it. And, and maybe sitting with, well, where, why do I not want to take that time to connect? Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Emotional health. I do because it's physical health. Yes, yes, yes. Emotional health, mental health. Yes. And then energetic health. I think that's a lot of the future. It's also, again, the past. It's from the beginning. And yeah. as we talk of mental health, as, as we do, and it is so necessary, this idea of energetic health is also rising to the surface and um, more available to uh, find resources as to how to shift and connect and understand and acknowledge that everything is energy. And of course, energy gets stuck in our body, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and so how to move it out and sort of unlock, let's say the rib cage and move it around, move your shoulders, move the spine so that what's been sort of thrown at you doesn't get stuck in you or on you. And I would also mm -hmm. say this about dance being the only medium that does what it does is this idea of bilateral stimulation and both the right mm -hmm. and left brain working simultaneously and this is one of the only physical practices that has that in that our right brain is engaged because of the creative space you're hearing a song that might make you nostalgic and think of a memory or you're dreaming ahead of something um, for professional dancers you know it goes to all the spaces and this is also for anyone though the right brain is engaged because there's some type of expression going on or something's getting kicked up and then of course the left brain because of the patterning the counts it's very, it, it's eights or it's fours or it's sixes and it's staying right in that cadence. And so why we feel can, can feel such release, most more often than not, such release, such 
fully present moments is because we literally are fully only in the moment because the right hemisphere of the brains are being simultaneously engaged. And I learned all this because I was just fascinated by what I was watching happen in dance classrooms time and time again, rehearsals. Mm -hmm. I just could not, I still can't get enough of reading about it and learning about it or kinesthetic empathy, you know, as you're watching Mm -hmm. a dancer and they're having a moment in a performance, you could be watching on YouTube, you could be watching it, you know, in person, but it's as though you're going through it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you get the chills when you're watching them and, um, yeah, it's, uh, I always like to check in with people who are asked to engage their intellect at the end. Like, do you feel different than when you walked in? I'll ask that a lot of times. Or to dancers in dance spaces, I'll, we'll do an improv moment and then I'll say, okay, quickly engage your intellect. Don't overthink. How do you, what do you think? What's a feeling? One word. And of course, mm-hmm. dancers, we all like question what we're thinking. <laughs> this is typically speaking, but for this, I see it happen all the time. And this is why I want to help the dancers have so much I do think dancers will change the world. I mean, I this I do, I do, I do, I do, I do because of the innate knowledge in the bodies. And if we can put words to that and get used to saying what we're experiencing and what we're feeling and be in the practice of that, just a quick practice, there's so much to, to learn from these dancers. And mm-hmm. just think back to the dancers that have affected culture, you know, by way of their bodies we and what they were moving, you know? Yeah. Like, do you, do you have some yeah. muses of yours, dance-wise? They don't even have to be professional dancers, but sort of muses or people who... I mean, um, yes. Uh, the big one was Martha Graham. Yeah. Uh, like, real, like, especially once I went to college and started learning dance history, to really, like, put myself in her shoes and understand what she had done in the context of the time that she did it. Yep. <laughs> It's like, oh, all we've really seen is ballet. And yes, like Isadora Duncan was doing her thing. And Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. it was largely it it was seen more as um it it wasn't registered as like a serious thing. Mm -hmm. And so for her to come up with a whole new system of orienting and moving the body and it was so energetic. It was it was all about energy so deeply connected to the spine your relationship with the ground and the innovation of challenging our relationship to the ground instead of thinking of it through our feet and our hands but through our pelvis <laughs> it, I, yeah. and, and you can really attribute all of modern dance from her uh, and especially to have had a female change that space when historically mm-hmm. so much of ballet had been crafted by males through the female body. So, there are so many pieces of Martha Graham as an individual I could not get enough of. And then like Pina Bausch, I've, I've always been obsessed with Pina Bausch. I still am obsessed with Pina Bausch because of her ability to, I think, make dance, like sh- clearly show the communicative capacity of dance. Mm-hmm. Um show and show how it transcends all language how it is a universal language and despite the differences in languages even within her company um and even the different environments her company would go to perform she could so clearly communicate these quintessential parts of human experience that move us that shape us that charge us on the stage um with the most simple expressions and they were 
by far some of the most powerful and using basic things like repetition to communicate a feeling and to show how feeling moves and to show the movement of emotion through the system and to be able to create that beyond just the viewers in the audience but and, and the dancers like the dancers were feeling it but somehow just watching you felt that catharsis as well um and I don't think I've come across another choreographer who's done that as well as she has. Mm. Those are my main muses. Yeah. It, it's making me think even of like Tina Turner, right? Yeah. I don't know if you've seen her documentary too, her most recent, the recent documentary, but just the primal, the primal way of moving the body. And then learning that even Tina Turner is the lineage of, she taught Mick Jagger how to move this way. And I, I bring this yeah. up because it's the way music moved through their bodies. And it was mm-hmm. language. And it was raw and it was painful and it, but it was also like glorious because it was mm. so real and, and the body's, and this is what I think of Tina Bausch and Martha as well. Um, I love that I'm just saying Martha. I don't even have a last name. Martha Graham as well is this idea of holding both the pain and the glory in one body in one moment. And I think that's what makes people weep, right? This mm. idea that it's, it's like the tragedy comedy masks. It's, it, we are both simultaneously. It's both happening, mm-hmm. the weeping mm-hmm. and the laughing. And I, mm-hmm. Martha Graham, you know, well, that's more the con- in the contraction, in the contraction, yeah, in the pelvis. And yes, yeah. to be acknowledged as a woman during that time and, and still in just the way it has rippled into so many of us, into so many viewers, and then into so many artists, Alexander Calder, who worked with her and, and was inspired by in the way that cross-pollination happens. But and Pina, mm-hmm. oh my, for Ford Space for our one-year anniversary, one of our, there's this idea of we opened on 10 4 of 2018, but instead of uh-huh. doing since 2018, I thought, let's write since now. It's always just mm-hmm. since now. So it always, everything for the rest of time will always just, you know, since now. And mm-hmm. we're doing a pin as a gift for guests for the one year anniversary. And I thought, let's, let's put, have a Pina Bausch quote there. And though this is more of an athletic or a lot of people think of it as just a fitness space, and that's fine too, because if fitness is their entry, to then mm-hmm. learning they can awake, you know, then it's revealed to them that they're, that they're dancing. It's like a, like mm-hmm. sort of a, they think they're coming in just for like the workout. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, why do I feel all of this? And how I didn't think I could ever dance, you know, um, mm-hmm. dance, dance. Otherwise we are lost. Yes. You know, that one of Pina, I put that on there just to also, so that we understand, you know, the space is very much anchored in dance. That is its Genesis of Ford's space. Mm-hmm. And, was, mm-hmm. And then even the name Ford Space, people had asked uh, where that came from. And I don't know if we've talked about that before, but it certainly wasn't from thinking of the word forward. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, I'd love to hear more about the name. That part? Because I'm sure yeah. that's a beautiful story. <laughs> you will, you know, or even that we ended up opening on 10-4. We were supposed to yeah. open far before and... Uh, I did not, I've never built anything like this in my life. And also I had no idea how in the world I would do it. Um, I just knew as the call kept coming. And so I finally took a loan out to uh, ask some people to help me write a business plan. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, if anything, this will, just like anything as a freelance choreographer, instruct, teacher or dancer, you know, you, I would just create up. I would know when to pull, I would feel into anyway, when to pull the levers of, okay, do this, did many things, many, many things without being paid. And I say that in a way that was help, 
was the right choice and I felt it then because this has given me more than any dollar amount ever would. And mm. then ended up opening doors too that I never could have dreamed of. Mm-hmm. So much of what I did just because I loved sharing too um, has has circled back around in the last five years even. Mm-hmm. So um, I also know it's a larger conversation though uh, and always here to help and mentor anyone in it really asking for what you deserve to, to continue Mm. to be in the practice of that and going higher with the amounts for dancers and choreographers. Mm. However, not everything is only um, to be satiated via the monetary realm. To me, it's a both and. It's a both and. The abundance, yes, and it can come and it will come. And it's, it's also knowing when, okay, this is for a creative something else. And it's, it's Mm. because time is the greatest currency, right? If we talk about currency, yeah, that's what I can't get back, you know. Yeah. So, okay, digressing to, <laughs> yeah, because that that's a larger conversation I think with all of that. Because I certainly don't think it's. I certainly, I don't know. I'm thinking of just times like well, that. Let's be there. there. Let's, because like, because yeah. I actually I love. I'm energy obsessed, um, sure. especially emotion obsessed. Oh yeah. In and like one of my huge obsessions is like understanding the intersection between thoughts, feelings, energy, our bodies, and then what manifests outside of us, like as a result of this cocktail. And I think, um, you know, especially when it comes to money, money is such a charged subject. And I Mm -hmm. think it's, we just have so many faulty belief systems at play around money Mm -hmm. and even happiness. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, another reason why movement and dance especially are such important mediums to spend time with because you learn to understand the seat of your happiness in a much more powerful way. Mm -hmm. And when you learn to cultivate that independently of outside circumstances, out of mon- outside of money and relationships or mm-hmm. events happening in your life or, or this car, or this, you know, this professional accomplishment. Right. When you learn to foster happiness from within, you actually wire your brain and body to recognize it, to mm-hmm. receive it, to respond to it, to act in service of it. And I think that is probably one of the most powerful currencies of all. Mm -hmm. is spending time Mm -hmm. learning to cultivate happiness unconditionally outside Mm -hmm. of those circumstances. Because from there, there you can actually find a way to draw all that abundance from all these channels in, Mm -hmm. but you are not having to do it at the expense of something, at Mm -hmm. cost, at self-sacrifice. And, um, you know, I think this is like a trap we've seen play out so often where people chase money, they chase accolades, they chase relations, they chase all sorts of things to find that happiness. And if you haven't actively spent time cultivating that happiness, you can run into that problem where you get the thing and the happiness isn't there. You know, whether it's transforming your body and expecting to feel like you know, a superstar and invincible, and then you drop, lose the weight, you get the definition, and you may still feel worse than before. And um, so this conversation around, you know, abundance, but also actually paying attention to these subtleties of energy and emotion and recognizing that 
that the inspiration and the joy and, and the desire to like have a moment mm-hmm. in some ways are actually more profound and powerful than necessarily chasing that outside thing. One million percent. And it, and it was the inner need and desire. I like the word desire resonates more than um, it just resonates. Uh, the desire to answer the call that kept coming from within and learning I how to pull the levers and budget, how to produce, let's say, a dance concert. I just bartended more or I choreographed more or I nannied more, right? I just took extra shifts. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. But then when I got the call to, to do this and learning what this would entail and how um, the undertaking just, it seemed like a tidal wave. I would, I would, when I would get quiet and meditate, which I do, and I get down very much so with meditation and writing and all those practices are very, um, very vital for me. And um, yeah, it was okay. So take out the loan. And I bring this up because it's this idea of, I think investing in yourself either monetarily or um, time investing the time, like you're saying, the practices of cultivating so that you can you feel that joy or that desire within yourself so you can cultivate it and you notice the subtlety of when it's avail- when it's happening around you. You can like, oh, it's here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So me teaching the 9 p.m. class at Perry Dance on Tuesdays and Thursdays because that was the only time slot av- available. I was like, hell yeah. And Sunday at 2.30, you know it. I, yes, yes, and yes, which then mm-hmm. turned into what it was or Friday night was the only class available at Crunch when I was teaching at Crunch. And how did I end up teaching mm. at Crunch? I just, I was taking class at Crunch in the back, you know, in my like early 20s, mid 20s, early 20s. And the instructor was like, said, you're a dancer. I said, I am. He said, we're hiring for a Nike project. Will you send your resume? I said, sure. That opened up a door. Never thought I'd teach at a gym. Started teaching this Nike Rockstar project, it was called. Nike Rockstar project that Jamie King choreographed. Anyhow, I got into that. They asked me to then teach dance. I said, I can only do Friday nights. They said, no one ever comes on a Friday night. I said, well, I'm already committed to a dance studio in New Jersey on Monday and Tuesday. And I teach it, you know, these other spots Wednesday and Thursday. So anyway, I ended up doing the Friday night and it all worked out. And now Friday night dance party has been what it's been. Um, And also I was told like, oh, people aren't going to come to a dance party. You can't. Just all the things. Oh, you, you know, you can't, mm. you can't do commercial and concert. You can't. Well, but I am both. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, bi- even business, entrepreneurial, being an entrepreneur and then a dancer and an artist, how does that, and it's like, oh man, you can't ask for any better, anyone better as a, a, the discipline that is in, within a dancer. When you've decided mm-hmm. you want something, you will, I will not stop until it has been moved. I just won't stop. And I'll get mm. redirected, but I certainly won't stop or our, the intention will still stay as such. So I took the loan out wrote the business plan, had it about a year later, get asked, started getting asked by more brands to do this, got asked by someone if I would ever consider opening a space. I said, did you know that I had done this? She did not. Mm-hmm. I said, well, how about it? And it, I, I think it's the same idea of having you create to create, keep creating, make up, make the dance, film the dance, mm-hmm. assemble the dancers, you know, that, that look, and do it for them too. You know, anything mm-hmm. that I, that people did for me, I did for them as well, like creating together um, when there wasn't a, if, even if there wasn't a monetary benefit, there was the heart exchange that was, again, unquantifiable. So mm. I think taking that loan out, um, I know that that was like sort of a sign to, it's like Paulo Coelho, you know, you um, make the choice and the universe conspires. Um, yes. Does it, you know? 
uh, yeah. to bring it to fruition. And, and things started to line up. And then we started to build out the space and looked at 50 some spaces was also told you'll not, you won't find one on the ground floor. And I, mm. and, but it's just like t- being told, you know, you'll never, how will you make it as a choreographer or as a female yeah. or as a, or how will you move to New York? It's just a series of, you know, everyone pushing back this way and just gently staying within. And, and I say gently because there is a softening about it. I'm not trying to, mm-hmm. I don't, it's not elbowing. It's just staying really centered and aligned and, trusting and has Mm. been plugged into something greater than myself that keeps unlocking all these things and this is the same for anyone this is not unique to me and I really know that because I have witnessed other people or where this is the trajectory as well and Mm. um so we opened 24 Spring Street was the address. That was not lost on me. 24 hours a day, spring, new. So what's the mm-hmm. address? Check this out. I walk in. It had been, in, this guy, the guy was like, I don't know, you might like this. His name was Michael, the real estate agent. Opens the door. Said it used to be, an, I said, what did this used to be? He said, an art gallery. I was like, interesting. And it was an all white space and only one thing remained on the door or on the wall when you walked in. And it was, mm-hmm. we may be through with the past, dot, dot, dot. October 2017. Mm. We may be through through with the past. Mm. Yeah, October 2017. We know where the world was at 2017. We may be through, and it's called forward space. And I just, and even the dot dot dot. I always say, like even choreography pieces, always the beginning feels like it comes from a dot dot dot, and it ends in a dot 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 because something's always coming from somewhere. There, I don't think there's beginning and ends. There's just transitions. Yeah. And so. 24 spring we kept that part it's down in the basement at the space the Mm. name was fourth wall dance Mm. that was the that is the llc um Mm -hmm. and that comes from just a a devotion and fascination with breaking the fourth wall Mm -hmm. i'm just in choreography in ways that also are not invasive, right? I'm not, I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. there those performances where you, you're all of a sudden, you're on the stage, you're like, wait, I just can't punch, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I just, that makes that makes me uncomfy. But but yeah. definitely many pieces and works I've done where there's a, a, an acknowledgement and a recognition that while these are seemingly two worlds, we're actually having the same experience. We're in the same space. Mm-hmm. So I had just seen Cedar Lake at oh. the final performance at BAM. Oh, wow. Was at Olea in Fort Greene, the restaurant Olea. I don't mm-hmm. think that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting yeah, there. Oh, so good. So good. Sitting there thinking, have enough people saying, you know, it's a little wordy, you know, it's a little fourth wall day. It's a little wordy. And I said, mm-hmm. you, know what? you know what? It is a little wordy. And and we knowing Ford Space that this, ent- this thing is so much bigger than dance, so much mm-hmm. bigger than dance, but the anchor of it is dance. So mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting across the table with some friends and I'm saying, fourth wall dance fourth wall dance so I said, and I was like FW and then I do you mind me swearing can I swear on here no go I ahead I'll cut it out so I was like oh, F fourth wall dance but oh fuck it spells forward and I like, mm. had the chills everywhere and I saw it spelt out in all caps mm. and then also knowing that forward which is obviously we have that is the direction we need to be moving in as individuals mm-hmm. and collective however knowing that the genesis, the anchor below the word forward or behind the word forward is fourth wall dance. Breaking mm. the fourth wall is breaking a perceived wall between two worlds. 
Mm. Now that mm. that could be me within myself. That could be me in. There's just so much there that that I just could feel. And then the word space, the two underscores are, are the dance floor, so that's mm-hmm. why those are there. And then this word space, at first it was forward sweat, and then that just it felt funky. Um, mm. Even though I love sweat, and I think it's you know sweat tears in the ocean. Uh, yeah. Dance, music, sweat. Exactly. That's why I put it there. And wellness. And I use the word wellness be, not because it was a no, uh, this word that I, that I now see I didn't know was everywhere because I, I get, I'm just not steeped in that in the world. Mm. So I, I thought wellness because of a well. I think of a, mm-hmm. I, and it made more sense to me than, and to allow people to understand it's not fitness. Or if it is, let's talk about emotional fitness, I would say. We could, mm-hmm. yes to physical fitness, but it's emotional fitness, it's energetic fitness. It's, so anyway, wellness was a way that seemed to um, open, open the lens more to me. And I thought of, well, what fills up your well? Dance, music, sweat can fill up one's yeah. well, wellness. And then, uh, but fourth wall dance and then space, the word space came instead, and I'm so grateful for that because that word, and intuitively it felt that I, it would have more weight to it than I could understand. I like the idea yeah. of space, like outer space. I liked space, creating space within, space to move. So, and just that people say the words forward space. Just even there's a lot of, uh, I'm a lover of words and attention to words and details of words and you have such a phenomenal vocabulary that's why it's so fun to chat with you to say the least <laughs> but um yeah space to say that uh, this idea of going forward and then space and just the cyclical nature that is um and to wear it you know on the pieces of things that we've created um but yeah and then dance music wellness sweat are these ways to describe what forward space is mm-hmm. we still get people all the time they're like wait what is it like what just happened how am i you know and i, I try to put it in a packageable situation, but mm-hmm. um, it also very much goes beyond those words. Yeah, I love, I love words. I mean, yeah. um, part of part of why I love podcasting is because yes. I think words are so magical, mm-hmm. and I really love taking um, opportunities to explore the hidden meaning woven within mm-hmm. words, because I think our understanding of language as this very, very structured and mm-hmm. like easy way to deliver information. It's actually so much more nuanced and so much more complex um, because every person's interpretation of what a word means is framed through their unique life experience. And like the circumstantial, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Speaking of words, the, mm-hmm. the circumstances that sort of, um, surrounded the use of different words will shape people's understanding of them in unique ways. Um, but all that to say, I think space is such a powerful word in so many ways because it's expansive. Uh, it feels universal. Yeah. And then it also is a container. It's also the word in English we use to connotate presence in many ways or practice mm-hmm. or centering in and a awareness of so there, there's so many ways that that word speaks to the core intent of what forward space does what dance does and what mm-hmm. these practices that you're helping craft shape and facilitate for people mm-hmm. are doing 
that word space. I didn't know. And even still, like, it, you know, making space, right? Like, uh, any time I'm chatting with friends or, again, in classrooms or rehearsal spaces, it's not so much about running at all, actually, running after what you want. About It's about creating space so that what is meant for you can get to you. Release. It's really mm. about the release. It's releasing. What You know, big fan of the release. Big, big fan. Oh, wow. I, I loved that last little bit you just said. Uh, I I want to spend another two hours on here, but I think like we, what we should do is we should put a pause and, and plan for another conversation. Yeah. And as we wrap things up here, Kristen, um, I always like to open the floor to any final thoughts or possible words of wisdom you'd like to offer the audience as we part ways. Mm. Although I know you delivered so many, I, I will definitely be coming back in the re-listen and writing a bunch of these down. <laughs> oh, gosh. Any, just in general, were, any wisdom? Do you anything have any? Do you feel a call towards mm-hmm. anything? <laughs> yeah. Well, and so that's what I was going to say about the call. So felt the call when we it, we learned we would open on 10-4. I remember thinking, why is 10-4? Found familiar 10-4, 10-4, and I Googled it, and 10-4 means message received. Mm. And I just thought, what the, wow. And, you know, these these many nods of, you know, keep going is challenging. And I, 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 don't, I certainly don't want to sugarcoat any of this. Start, you know, as you know, creating anything like this is not for the faint of heart. It is a challenge beyond what I would have ever imagined as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely want to share that. Uh, and just as I was, you know, told when I was 13, 14, whatever, how challenging it is to have a life as a dancer. And I remember people being grateful that they were, you know, shooting it so straight and being so intense about it. Cause I already mm-hmm. sitting in the back of a lot of these rooms I was in, I would, think it would already strengthen my conviction mm. then so I do want to pass along that under that that truth you know um and is it worth it yes and would it be sustainable if I had not been called no way absolutely no mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. K-N-O-W know that <laughs> that no it would yeah. not be sustainable this is the, so then it's about being in circles of nourishment and um folks that elevate you in the ways that sustain the greatest parts of you that you want to continue to foster and Mm. um and expand upon and a lot of Mm. and a lot of release i would say you also use the word resource earlier and i was talking about that with a teacher of mine recently a mentor this idea of returning to source resource so whatever that source might be for you i I think that the well, the well, well, shoot, it's the well, isn't it? And the well could, you know, be like a really great tea you love, or, I mean, I'm not really Mm -hmm. a tea drinker, but it could be whatever that well of, of is for you that you're developing within, even in within your vessel. Like, what do you like to, if you think of your vessel as your well, what do you like to give to it? What music, you know, what poems, Mm -hmm. what friends, what friendships do you allow in that realm? And which ones do you, you know, lovingly release? So I, mm-hmm. I also the last thing I'll say is this: the nonverbal communication of hello and goodbye, the wave, the simplicity in that choreography of a wave, and how it's so simple yet 
it's kind of as big as it gets the hellos and goodbyes of our lives and i think everybody should dance today i think you should put on that that, (laughs) i think you know if it's Dua Lipa, if it's Beyonce, if it's uh, a little Tina Turner, let's swing it back to Tina. Put some Just of that put on. on that song that's calling to you and bust a move. Let and it bust, go, let it rip. Let it go, let it rip. And thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. This has been such a beautiful time and it's been so inspiring and resourcing and um, and just beautiful. So I I imagined nothing less in the last few years. I've been uh, talking to you about coming on with us and and sharing this conversation with everybody. But thank you from the bottom of my heart for finding the time, for finding the space and sharing so much about your journey and your insights and and all of your beautiful nuggets of wisdom. It's been such an honor. Oh, thank you. Honored to chat about any and all of this. And I would also say keep dancing. To anyone listening, keep dancing. Stop keep dancing. Yeah, don't let anyone take that from you. Keep dancing. Keep dancing. Find those dances, the weird dances, the silly dances. Oh, absolutely. Dance. Keep <laughs> dancing. Must keep dancing. Can't stop, won't stop. Um. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in with us today. You can find contact information and all references made during the show in the show notes. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and spread the love by sharing with family and friends. If you want to learn more or would like additional support in your movement relationship, head to our website at evolna.com. Be gentle, be generous, and be good to yourself. And have a beautiful day.